If you would, turn in your Bible this morning to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. We'll be going over commandment chapter 3 this morning. Looking at question 59 and 60, kind of combined like I spoke before, there were so many questions in the catechism that were kind of condensed it a little bit. Our question this morning is, which is the third commandment? In Exodus 20, verse 7, it says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Question 60 says, what is required in the third commandment? The third commandment requires the holy and reverent use of God's names titles, attributes, ordinances, words, and works. And we'll see this morning, it's not just a commandment that we're not supposed to use God's name in profanity, like saying a curse word, or what's popular today, like saying OMG, or things like that. It goes much deeper and much further than that. Let's pray before we start. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning again. Father, I pray that you'd help me, Lord. It was, it's been so convicting studying these Ten Commandments, Lord. And as Paul said, the commandment came in to superimpose the trespass, Father. And I've seen much more in my heart than I thought that was there, Father. And I pray that you'd help us all to see that, dear God not to crush us, but to point us to Christ even further and that we would run to your throne of grace, dear God. Help us this morning. Forgive me of my sins. Help me as I teach this this morning. In Christ's name we do ask. Amen. Taking the name of God in vain. If my wife would allow me this morning, I would like to use her as an example, not, not bad. I met Tammy when she was 17 years old. We dated for three and a half years. She is the love of my life, my best friend. When I asked her to marry me, she agreed and she took my name upon herself. She carries my name wherever she goes. And praise God, he gave me a godly woman that she has always done everything that is respectful. Every time she's went out anywhere, she's always conducted herself properly. She's never brought shame to my name. And I'd like to speak on that this morning about taking the name of God in vain. For we as his church, as Paul says, that he has espoused us to one husband. We have taken his name, the name Christian. We carry his name with us. If you would turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'd like to look at this a little bit here. Ephesians chapter 5. Christ our bridegroom, us his church being his bride. Taking the name of our husband, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22 here, Paul 
is giving a correlation between a husband and wife and Christ and his church. In verse 22, he says here, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, that being the main point here, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. The church being subject unto Christ, not taking his name in vain. Verse 32 says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and see that she reverence her husband. And us as a church, as we go out into this world, not only in the church house, do we reverence God with our life? Do we profane his name to the unbeliever out there by our actions, by our words? Psalm 29, verse 2, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If you would turn to Deuteronomy, I'd like to see a couple verses here. Speaking of his name, his name is holy. His name is above every other name. We should not take his name lightly. We should not speak casually about his name. He is the Lord of glory. The Lord who has saved us from our sins. Chapter 32 in Deuteronomy. Let's look at verses 1 through 4. It says here, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as a small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass, because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect and all his wager judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. You see there in verse three, it says that we are to ascribe greatness unto his name. Why? Because what has he, because of what he has done for us. The way I see the Lord, I don't see the Lord as this high and lifted up tyrant that demands worship from me or he will rub my face in the ground and punish me if I don't. He has shown his love to me. The scripture says a greater love is this and that a man would lay down his life for his friends. What God have you ever heard of of any other religion that would die for his subjects? And as the scripture teaches us that even while we were yet dead in our trespasses and sins, he died for us. I don't want to bring any reproach to his name. I don't want to take his name in vain. Deuteronomy chapter 28, a couple chapters back. Now we know that none of us can keep this perfectly. We went through that before we started the first commandment. 
verse 58 in chapter 28. It says, If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues and of long continuance and sore sickness and of long continuance. As we talked last week about false religion, there's a lot of people that take the name Christ out into the world, but they know not him. We spoke last week of in Matthew where he said that they teach the doctrines as man's as the commandments of God. That is taking his name in vain as well. False religion, false doctrine. Psalm 111.9 says he sent redemption unto his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. Why is his name holy and reverent? Because of what he's done. Not only is he the God of heaven, but he proved his love for us. I scarcely wrap my mind around that sometimes because to be honest with you, I'm very, I'm very real about my life. I, I do falter. I do sin. I do things that I'm ashamed of. Not so much out in the world, but, but, but in, inwardly. I get upset from times to times and I just run through it in my mind. Get angry. Who do they think they are saying this to me or this, that, or the other? And it horrifies me that I think like that from time to time. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a continual thing most of my day, but from time to time those things do happen. And to know and believe what the scripture says that he loves me, that he laid down his life for me, that he calls me his son, and that the father has sent the son to live a perfect life in my place and to keep the law where I could not keep it. Some things are just too wonderful to understand. Matthew chapter 6, turn to the, the New Testament account here. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaching us how to pray to the Father here. After this manner, therefore, I'm sorry, verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The word hallowed means to be holy, to be sacred. Something of great worth, as one of the parables, parables teaches about that pearl of great price. a pearl of great price that was willing to sell everything that they had to have this one possession, and that possession was God himself. 
He is our reward. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, taking the name of the Lord in vain, could also be being hasty with our words. Jimmy will be preaching quite a bit of that and James here shortly about how can both good water and bad water come out of the same well. How can blessings and cursings come out of the same mouth? Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Yes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do a evil. And he gives this explanation of what he's talking about in verse 2. It says, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in the heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few. It also talks about making oaths and promises to God that you don't know that you're going to be able to keep or not. That's being vain, taking his name in vain. Isaiah 29, turn over a book. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 29, verse 13. It says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Vain worship, worship that only comes out of the mouth, but the heart does not follow. You may know all the doctrines of the Bible. You may be able to partake of the Lord's table perfectly and not miss any scriptures in that. You may be able to do many religious practices and sacraments to the letter but your heart could be so far from God. Perfection in the law without a heart toward the lawgiver is taking his name in vain as well. Jesus actually quotes Isaiah 29, 13 here in Matthew 15, verse 8 and 9. He said, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. I grew up an independent Baptist, and we had a lot of extra-biblical stuff that was taught that if you don't live this way, you're not right with God. Men, men had to pretty much have a three-piece suit on every time they walked into the church. And if they did that, I mean, I've seen some fringes of it to where if they didn't have a white shirt on, they couldn't even stand behind a pulpit. 
Show me that in the Bible. It's not there. There was so much extra biblical stuff that they taught that if you do not do these things, that you are not right with God and possibly not saved. But they could not back it up with scripture. Jesus said that they teach for doctrines the commandments of men. They honoreth me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, And why call ye me Lord, and do not the things which I say? Again, they honor him with their mouth, but their hearts are far from them. Could that be us from time to time? Could we be uncharitable to others? Our doctrine's so strong, but our heart's so far from the Lord. Job 36, 24. This pierced me when I seen this this week. Remember that thou magnify his work, which men behold. When I go out there and I act a certain way that's not correct, people are watching. I take his name in vain when I do that. Psalm 138, verse 2, if you turn there. It speaks of his word being elevated high above all that is his name. His word is to be kept. His word is everlasting. It will never fade away. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for, tr and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Notice the psalmist says, I will praise you, one, for your loving kindness, and secondly, for your truth. And brothers and sisters, without his loving kindness, we would never understand his truth. He has bestowed so much mercy and grace upon us. The Bible teaches us in the New Testament that this book is spiritually discerned. Without him enlightening our eyes and our minds, we can't understand this. It's just a textbook. draw nigh with our mouths, but our hearts are far from him. So many are like that in today's world. Matthew chapter 5, we'll see also that taking the Lord's name in vain could be by making oaths and swearing. Verse 33, Matthew chapter 5. 
Again, you have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thy swear thy by thy head, because thou cannot make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, or nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh evil. When you're trying to emphasize to someone that you're telling the truth, I've heard it said like this, man, man, look, I, I swear to God, this is the truth. It says, whatsoever more of these cometh of evil. We do not swear upon his holy name. He is a great God and worthy to be praised. Leviticus 19.12, it says, And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. His name is not some type of magic incantation. He is the great and living God that deserves our honor, our reverence, and our praise. His name is not to be common. His name is to be high and lifted up. Revelation chapter 15, if you turn there, a few more verses this morning. Verses 3 and 4. Picture of Christ in heaven here. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. One day, that last day, that great and terrible day of the Lord, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess whether their destination is heaven or their destination is hell, that he is Lord of all. His name will be honored either by his grace and mercy to his saints or by his wrath and punishment to his foes. Revelation chapter 4, a few pages back. great and mighty God deserves honor and glory. Verses 8 through 11, it says, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And the rest, and I'm sorry, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 
holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They don't take a break. 24-7. Praising the high and lofty one. Verse 9 says, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. He is everything friends a little speck that we are in his creation that he would even be mindful to think of us oh what gratitude and love that we owe him not only to worship him and praise him but to keep his commandments not for justification but to honor him for what great things he has done for us. If you would, let's finish in Deuteronomy chapter 10 this morning. Verse 20 and 21. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shall thy serve, and to him shall thy cleave, and swear by his name. He is thy praise, and he is thy God that hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. He was speaking of delivering the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. He showed his might and he showed his power in Pharaoh. How horrible his plagues were. That when all that was happening in Egypt, his chosen ones who were in the land of Goshen, nothing happened. The Passover, when they put the blood over the lentils and the doorpost. When the angel of death passed that night, he didn't open the door to check who was in the house. He just looked for the blood. If the blood was there, it passed over. And that's your Christianity, brothers and sisters. Please keep the law. Please do it the best that you possibly can to show your love for your God for what great things he has done for you. But at the end of the day, it is this. God doesn't look at your life every day if you're one of his elect children and you got to make a checklist every day. If that blood is on you, punishment's passed over. Praise God for his mercy and his love. Praise God for his patience.
praise God for his law because I know, as I stated earlier, how convicted that I am really looking into these Ten Commandments. And before I started, I thought I was doing pretty good. <laughs> but I see that I am not. I have a long way to go. I read through Psalm 19 last night. David cried out to God through that whole song, Oh Lord, teach me thy law. Help me to keep thy law. Show me wondrous things out of thy law. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We we thank you for this study, Lord. It's been it's been so eye-opening to me, Father, that how great a price you paid for our sins, and that we should not take sin lightly. And that how perfect you are, and how worthy you are of our praise, Lord. Help us. Help us to render unto you what you deserve, Father. For as it said in Revelation there, that you alone are worthy to receive glory and honor and praise and power. Be with the children in the back right now, Father. Help them to understand thy word too. Be with us with our prayer request here coming up in the next few moments. And as our brother preaches this morning and the next hour, Lord, please descend upon us by thy grace and thy mercy. In Jesus' name we do pray and ask it. Amen.